All right, this is Jared with Lefty's Precision Rifle Podcast. This is episode 29, and I got Todd Williams on with me. Todd, welcome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's get into it here. Uh, when did you start shooting precision rifle competitions? Um, got into it about six, seven years ago or so. Um, started going up at, uh, at uh, Spear Point uh, with a Worth family up there. That was... At the time, the only place in the, the area that uh, did anything like this. How, how did you get into it? That's what I should ask. How, I wish I would have got into it six or seven years. I've been here for, well, eight years now. And that's one thing I talked with, with Deejus about is I kind of held off getting into it, neglected it a little bit, and was just worried about being the new guy. But I wish I would have known about it sooner. How did you get into it six, seven years ago? How did you know about it? find out about it uh well uh, a buddy of mine a guy uh, lived down the street didn't even know him very well at the time um knew i was uh, uh into guns and uh, we'd kind of talk back and forth uh, about uh, some of the stuff that we'd had and uh, rifles and scopes and that kind of thing and um honestly uh i'm not exactly sure how he found out about uh spirit point but he had gone once or twice and uh, we had visited and he said, man, you, you got to come check this out. You know, you, you've got the right stuff. I had a Savage 308 and uh, uh, Viper PST and uh, yeah. the Vortex, you know, where, where a lot of guys started. Yeah, I started right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think 90% of us did. Um, uh, anyways, uh, uh, he, he talked me into going up to match and um of course, you know, things were completely different there uh, at the time as far as equipment and everything that we use and how everything's done. But uh, I had an absolute blast, got a hell of a sunburn and just been hooked ever since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, it's, it's crazy how many people do this and basically they're how they got into it and how they got started and how they got hooked after their first match is almost exactly the same. Yep. <clears throat> Buddy dragged them in and that, that was it. That was it. it. Yeah, and it's usually, yeah, you're starting with some sort of Savage or or Remington 700 or something like that, and then it just explodes from there. Well, when when I got into it, um, uh, you, you go to a match, and um, if there were 30, 40 people at Spear Point, there might be uh, three to five guys with a custom gun, maybe. That was it. Everything else, um, everybody is running Remington 700 or Savage, and um you know with the mediocre scope on it um they're just the the custom game was not like it is today now i mean you, you go to local matches and there's there's what five to ten guys that aren't running some kind of a custom rig it, it's completely different now yeah yeah it's definitely turned upside down now yeah like you're saying it's 90 95 percent custom everything that i've seen yep so what is you? You changed up a little bit here in the in the last year or two. But what's your uh, competition rifle setup? Caliber stock? Just what's your what's your whole deal? Uh, what what I'm running right now? Um, uh, it's a, a six BRA. Um, the uh, the barrels uh, proof research. Uh, got a uh, few barrels that are seven twists and some that are seven and a half. Really haven't noticed any kind of difference for uh, the bullets that I'm running. Uh, running one hundred five burgers. Um, Zermatt Arms, uh, TL3 Action, um, MDT, ACC uh, Chassis, 
uh, Trigger Tech Diamond, uh, Vortex Razor Gen 2, uh, MDT One Piece Mount, uh, Little Bastard Gen 3 uh, Break, and uh, uh, Skypod. What what speed are you running your 105s at? Uh, about 2820. Yeah, I think yeah. when I first when I first got started, which I've only been doing this for really like two years, three years, and then a year in the desert deployed, but it seemed like everybody's trying to run six Crete and real fast. Well, now it seems like it's turned on its head and everybody's running BR. Some of the guys are starting to go straight BR, BRA, Dasher, and running like low 28s. It seems like it's people have gone the slow and steady route now. Sounds like that's what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I, I ran the 243 for a lot of years and, um, the, depending on the barrel, I was running them uh, around 3050 to 3150 um, with the uh, 105s. And uh, ballistically, there, you, you can't deny the advantage. I mean, faster, um, you, you've got less drift with the wind. You know, don't, don't really care about the drop so much, but uh, the wind just doesn't push a fast bullet um, as much as it, it does a slower bullet. Um, but um, with the, the smaller BR style cartridges, they, they seem to um, be a bit more consistent. Um, they're easier to tune. Uh, almost anything you, you throw in on powder wise um, works great. And for me, the, the biggest reason was I was tired of swapping barrels. You know, I, I was burning out barrels, uh, 1500 rounds and off the barrel throw it in the trash and when you're shooting a lot of matches you can go through a lot of barrels and even if you can afford it it's just a pain trying to constantly have that next barrel ready so that was a big determining factor for me i i uh jumped to the bra last year and i don't see changing anytime soon yeah yeah well we'll get into some of it but definitely seems it hasn't hurt you for sure you've been doing pretty well we could say shooting your BRA? I, I've, I've uh, uh, been on a lucky streak uh, here lately. Uh, uh, it's been uh, uh, pretty consistent. Um, uh, my, my gunsmith has certainly helped me. Uh, old Jake Sure. Uh, yep. Ever since I, I took my stuff to him, I mean, it's, it's been night and day. I just uh, don't have a name. I just pulled the trigger and they, they get there now. So he guarantees <laughs> that with all of his barrels. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, you make it you make it look easy, that's for sure. Uh, well, I don't know if you really wanted to get we get off script a little bit, but there was at one time I remember you making a poster too that you were at your wits end there for a little while. I think it's right before you switched to BRA that that seemed like you about fed up with the whole precision weeks. I think you had a, a tough time getting something tuned, or did you want to get into that or? Uh, yeah, um, it was actually when I made the switch to uh, BRA. Um, um, didn't seem to matter what I did. I, I couldn't get the, uh, the gun to shoot. When I was fireforming, it was, it was really strange because you start out with a BR case and you fireform it to BRA. When I was fireforming, um, it, it was extremely accurate. I could go to matches, no problem. That's the great thing about BRA. You don't have to fireform uh, beforehand. So uh, I would fire form and then when I go to reload the round, um, reload that brass, I couldn't get it to uh, 
shoot anything better than, you know, maybe a two inch group or so. And it didn't matter what I tried, chase it and chase it, chase it. Had uh, uh, several barrels uh, that I tried and they were all spun up at the same time. And so I thought I eliminated the problem. I went through scopes, everything, could not figure it out. And I ran into Jake at uh, a few different matches. And uh, uh, Jake had a, a couple rounds of his because he was running BRA. And we tried to chamber it in my gun. And he said, you know, I, I think you got a tight chamber. And that can cause, cause some weird issues. And I said, okay, well, you know, may, maybe I'll check that out. And uh, uh, chased it around for another month or so, ran into Jake at a, another match. He goes, you know, you really ought to just let me have one of them barrels. Let me, let me run my reamer in it and let's just see what happens. And I, I said, all right, you bet. You know, so I, I gave him one of the barrels and uh, he called me just a couple days later and said it, it was done. Um, took the barrel, spun it on my gun, shot a one hole group with it. Um, five shots. Um, you could have covered up. I mean, you, you could. It was easily covered up with a half of a dime and it was ridiculous. Um, took it up to Spear Point the very next weekend and won that match. And that's the way that the guns have shot every since then. Um, and uh, I haven't shot anything that Jake hasn't spun since. <laughs> well, yeah, I would, wouldn't was, know why you'd switch. Yeah, it, it was just a night and day difference. Nice. So we'll throw Jake some, some advertisement on here. I've had him on. i got to have him on again for his gunsmith page. But, yeah, Jake's, Jake's a good dude. So, yeah, I'm glad that worked out for you because obviously – you're helping helping a lot of folks out would have been would have been tough. You wouldn't have been around to to help out and get into some of the stuff we're going to get into later here. So, what's your uh, best precision shooting advice that you were given when you first started, or had been given since? Basically, best best advice ever. Well, the the best advice I I had gotten. Um... Um, in the first few matches, uh, I was up at Spear Point and I, I was fighting uh, uh, my trigger freezing up constantly and uh, was running Savage. And uh, I'd run the bolt and it, it's got that little safety blade in the middle. And I'd reach up and try and pull the trigger and that thing was froze up. And man, I fought that thing all match. And that, at the, uh, the end of the last stage, um, a guy that uh, still shoots up there from time to time walked up and he said, you want to know what's causing that? <laughs> I said, absolutely. I do. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he said, you, you run that bolt too hard. I said, what? He goes, you run that bolt too hard. You, you slam that bolt down and it, it shakes that trigger. It'll freeze up on you. And, uh, so I started messing with it and absolutely right. That, that was, uh, uh the issue. Um, so that right there uh, kind of kind of always stuck in my head that um, uh, need to slow down and funny things happen when when you're trying to rush and slam things around. And uh, from that moment on, I, I feel like I, I've tried to slow down and, um, you know, for uh, a lot of times it kind of uh, would cause me to time out on stages and everything. But I, I took that one piece of device and just kind of. Um, applied it to a lot of different areas of my shooting. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good advice. That's, that's one thing you start mentioning that I kind of knew where you're going. Because obviously I've seen you shoot and I watch your videos when you post them up. And, well, just this weekend, we had two minute part times, which 
obviously probably isn't what you're used to shooting as many matches as you shoot with, especially a national match with a minute and a half, but you were taking every bit. I know you, I'm pretty sure you could have got the stages done in a minute and a half, but you were taking that extra 30 seconds and doing what you needed to do. It looked like to take all, all two minutes, all 120 seconds and, and really focus on what you were doing is what it looked like to me. I I definitely shoot a stage different when it's a two minute stage versus ninety second. Um, um, I, I'm watching, you know, every splash, every impact. Not trying to get my heart rate up by running around if it's not so necessary. Um, you know, I, I try to do all the the same things on ninety second, but you know, you you, you just got thirty seconds less. You you got to move a little faster. So. Um, uh, the only time I, I'll get in a hurry on, on a two minute stage is if we have real uh, switchy wins and, and I feel like, okay, I, I've got my win. You know, I want to get my rounds off before the wind changes up on me, but um, typically I, I'm going to eat that clock up quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. So what, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you started? So all obviously six or seven years worth of we're shooting now. What, what advice would you give a new shooter to try and knock off some of that learning that, that you've done? Well, um, probably one of the, the biggest things for me was the, uh, how I do load development. Um, you know, when I first got into it, um, we didn't have the magneto speeds or anything to, to use. So you had the old style chronographs that didn't work when it was too sunny and didn't yeah. work when it was too cloudy and didn't work when it was too windy. And, um, and you had nowhere to shoot them because there weren't any ranges to, uh, to go smoke rounds off at. So, um, uh, to me, learning the, the load development, the, you know, I, I do the, uh, load development, looking for velocity nodes. Um, I, I don't even need a target that, that I'm shooting at, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a velocity node. I know the bullets that I'm shooting. I know the jump that they like. So I find that velocity node and I load up a whole, a whole bunch, uh, right at that. Um, well, typically my, my load development consists of about 10 rounds or 10 different charge weights. And I'll do, uh, two rounds at each weight because sometimes you can get, um, velocities will jump around a little bit. So I, I figure if I have two rounds, it, that gives me a little more, uh, data to go off of, um, and I, I look for that velocity node. Uh, so I use 20 rounds and um, find where I, I believe that velocity node is, the flat spot. I load right in the middle of it, and that's it. My that That's my load development. Yeah. How long does that take you anymore? Since you've been running those bolts for a while, and I think you've been running proof for a while. Do you really just know what the barrel likes and what the bullet likes now to where it doesn't even really take you that long? Yeah, it, it's, it's literally um, – uh, I load 10 different charge weights that are one-tenth of a grain difference in them. That's it. So I, I only cover one grain of powder difference and um, uh, two per, so that's 20 rounds. And I go spend about 20 minutes shooting that, and that's it. My load development's done. Yeah. Do you do barrel break-in before that? Yeah. How, yeah. Many, how many rounds do you run to, to break in a barrel? Where, when do you say it's good? Um. I, I 
really feel like it kind of depends on the barrel, but uh, around 150, I, I feel like the, those proofs um, are staying pretty steady. Sometimes I'll pick up a, another 10 foot a second or something like that uh, around two, 250. But um, uh, my barrel break in consists of, I, I go by the, the proof manual that they say, uh, uh, I always clean a barrel when I first get it. I'm always afraid that there's some oil left from uh, cutting the grooves or something, but um shoot three, clean it, shoot three, clean it, shoot five, clean it. And then I just shoot the hell out of it. Um, take it to a match, um, you know, local match and, um, do some break in or practice or whatever, uh, try and get a uh, hundred, 150 rounds through it. And then I'm, I'm comfortable with doing uh, low development that at that point. Yeah. Nice. What's the, uh, what's the best advisor? What's the, device you usually give a new shooter that's getting into it um really i i think new shooters um need to find some some type of a, a mentor uh, a, a trusted person uh that really knows what they're doing that they can turn and ask questions to because man you it, it, it doesn't matter how long you've been in this um you know there's questions that come up and um, if you go to the internet, Facebook, everything, yeah, you're going to find a whole lot. Oh, of man. <laughs> but I, I've seen a lot of guys show up at matches and they're blowing primers out the back because they're running way too hot and it's not even a hot day. And, um, you know, it, it can be a dangerous sport if it's not done properly. And um, it, it, if new people don't have a trusted person that they can go to for uh, some questions and advice then you know it, it can be uh, a rough road for new guys yeah yeah and it usually gets expensive when you start going that route oh you yeah chasing Absolutely. your tail and just spending money on yeah yeah buying the the wrong equipment and um uh, whether it's uh, rifles or calibers or scopes or whatever and um, I, I've always felt like if you find that guy that you ask him, Hey, what scope should I buy? And he says, you need this one right here. And you ask him what caliber do I, I need to shoot? And he says, it's this one right here. You're talking to the wrong guy <laughs> because <laughs> there is so many different ways to, to go at this. I mean, you, you can look at the best shooters in the world and they don't run the same stuff, not the same actions, the same scopes, the same chassis stocks even the same calibers. I mean, there, there is a lot of different directions to go uh, with it. And uh, so you need to find somebody that, that understands that and willing to tell you, okay, you know, there's benefits here and there, but uh, doesn't push you just one solid direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, if there's anybody listening to this thing, that, that piece right there, they need to listen to was, yeah, I, I found a lot of people that, especially, well, and sometimes, like, you're obviously a sponsored shooter. So a lot of the guys, and they're doing what they need to do to be sponsored. But, yeah, you, you hit it on the head that you have to shoot this caliber. You have to shoot this action. You're going to lose if you aren't going to shoot this stock. This is the best stock ever made or the best chassis ever made. So, yeah, it's – exactly. <laughs> if someone's telling you that, then try to find something else, you know, or at least explain to them that, I can't afford this. What else would I, what else would you use? Like, yeah. Well, and you know, everybody needs to 
believe in the the equipment that that they're running. And I mean, I, I serve everything that I run is because I believe it, it's the best. You know, I have my reasons for for running it. Um, it's not because of a sponsorship deal or anything. Um, all the stuff that I run, I ran before any kind of sponsorships uh, were in place at all. Um, but there are plenty of guys that uh, uh, run rigs that are completely opposite mine that shoot just fine with them. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of good quality avenues to, to go with uh, on virtually every aspect that you can think of. Right. So what do you do currently for training? I know anybody that's listening that knows who you are, which is going to be the majority of the folks, know that there are not many free weekends in the Williams house, especially for you. So what do you do for training? Do you do any sort of dry fire? You basically, like I've heard, I listen about every precision rifle podcast that's out there that a lot of those guys that are shooting as much as you is they really don't train. They just shoot every weekend and they're good enough that that's working for them. So is there any, is there any certain training or practice that you do? Um, there, there's not much, um, if there is a big gap in between matches or something, um, I'll do some dry fire. Um, just uh, um, make sure that, you know, you, you know when the trigger is going to break. Um, uh, reaffirm you're not yanking it, that, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, the, the more matches you are able to shoot, the less practice or training um, I feel like that, that I need to, to be able to uh, stay. I mean, hell, last year, uh, counting the 22 matches uh, between um, one-day matches, uh, the, like, NRL 22 matches, and then uh, the two-day events, um, I shot 37 matches last year. So, I mean, that, that alone, um, that's a lot of practice. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, that's. That's kind of how I'm uh, – we were talking about it earlier, so I'm going to shoot the Oki uh, showdown. Chris and I are actually got lucky enough to get squatted with you and, and Nick. So actually going to have some folks that, that we know and uh, shoot with you guys, have a good time. But, yeah, am I going to – I know my expectations where where I'll fall or somewhat fall. Of course I'd want to be at the top, but I think for me to get better, I need to take some formal training, but – I just need to get behind the gun more often. So signed up for a couple of national matches this year and I'm going to get at it and obviously shooting the one days here locally, but, but yeah, I think that's, I don't know. I don't know if there's really a replacement for uh, pulling the trigger. So that's how I'm going to try and get at, get at it. But have you, have you taken any formal training anywhere or have you just shooting and nonstop basically is what it sounds like. No, I just missed a lot of targets through the years and uh, slowly missed less. Um, that That's all the, the training that I had. Um, when you step back a few years ago, there just weren't a, a whole lot of options even. Uh, I think training is a, a great idea for a lot of people. Um, it, it'll get you places a lot faster. And even some of the training programs that seem expensive, um, when you start looking at um, – not even your, your bullet cost. Okay. Not, not even the, the ammo cost and the barrel cost. Cause you, you can figure all that. But, um, if you start adding up your match fees, okay. Um, you're looking at, uh, your two day events after your match fees, hotels, gas, food, everything else. 
it's pretty easy to get about a thousand dollars wrapped into a match, you know, one of the two day events. Um, so if you can leave one of those feeling like you placed better than you would have without taking the training or even skip one of those to do training, it can really fast forward, uh, somebody's progress without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm, I keep him on about going down to the JTAC, spending a weekend down at the JTAC class, but my schedule and their schedule, I'm trying to get it worked out. But yeah, I think I want to end up trying to get down there just because, yeah, it's it's going to be some real good training. And we're going to have some coming up. We're going to get into that later, but we're going to get have a good range day, training day. But So how many national matches or two-day matches? You got into it. You shot 30-some last year. How many you got playing this year? You doing about the same between NR22 and center fire? This year, as you did last year, or um, I'll, I'll probably hit um, more this year. Um, last year, missed some of the matches because of uh, COVID. Uh, the year before, I actually shot more matches um, than I, than I did last year. Um, but this year, um, uh, I'll probably fifteen to twenty um, two day matches uh, this year, and then. Um, all the, the one day matches and 22 matches, I can squeeze in between those. Yeah. We, uh, I mentioned it before on the podcast. We, we get pretty lucky being in the Midwest. We can kind of drive. Well, we can drive to a lot of matches. What's the furthest match that you, you went to last year? What's the first one you plan this year? Um, Hmm. Last year, I, I don't know. I, uh, probably the finale um, in uh, Tennessee. No, I wasn't in Tennessee last year. That was year before. Um, but I, I've been to Tennessee a couple times, uh, Southeast Texas, um, the CCC range, um, been to uh, South Dakota. Um, I haven't hit like anything in Alabama or Washington or anything like that. Um, the, the furthest ones that, that I've hit were probably uh 12 to 16 hour drive something like that and um that was fun enough that i don't want to do those anymore um <laughs> like <laughs> like like you said we're we're very very fortunate where we live i mean there are just a ton of matches within you know four to six hour drive that yeah. you just don't have to make those drives a couple of years ago there there weren't near as many that are as close as what what they are um, but when, when you're talking drives like that and you have to check in the middle of the day, Friday, all of a sudden you, you got to, you know, take part of Thursday off and all of Friday. And then by the time you get wrapped up Sunday, you got to take Monday off to drive back. And yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that's a lot for some of those matches. Yeah. Yeah. I, I listen to some of the, some of the podcasts, some of these guys have to almost fly to everything they go to. And I, I don't know if I'd be in it or or try to be in it if, if I had to fly to almost any match or especially every you. match. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. I'll, I'll stick a little closer to home and, uh, and drive it. Yeah. Yeah. So getting into some of the, some of the gear questions. So I think some of the, the newer shooters, in fact, I was, I was one of them. Um, I think gear kind of held me back and then I, I ended up buying a whole ton of bags. I've talked about that before. What's essential gear for a for a new shooter? What would you tell them to bring? Obvious, I say obviously, but skipping the rifle, have decent dope, 
stuff like that. What is the gear that they absolutely need or don't absolutely need, but will still use at a match? What, what would you tell someone? Uh, for, for a new shooter, um, something to uh, write their dope with, um, some kind of a, a wrist coach, dope card holder. Um, that's something that uh, new shooters, you know, they can go out and and buy whatever you're, you're not really going to try somebody else's, um, too much of that. Uh, and, and it's a cheap thing. Um, uh, bags, you know, for somebody brand new, um, I, I just put a post and say, Hey, I want to show up at a match. I don't, I don't have any bags because, um, I mean, the game changer fortune cookie, um, you know, the, those are your two main ones, but there's, um what about four different sizes of each of those now <laughs> yeah. everybody's got their their preference of which one they they like um so i, I think they need, need to uh show up with that um depending on the match maybe a, a sling um depending on the how much walking that they need to do uh definitely some kind of a ballistic calculator uh phone apps are great um I don't know for, for new shooters. I, I just tell people, you know, show up. And I, I know you've talked about it on, uh, on here before, you know, just showing up, um, uh, be able to show up with a rifle. It's got a good zero and everybody's going to jump in, help you, hand you equipment. And, and they want to, I mean, everybody loves it when uh, somebody else wants to check out their gear, man, you're, you're not bugging anybody. You're not insulting anybody. They're like, hell yeah. You know, here, here's this, try this. They're, everybody loves that. So um, I, I don't think there's really anything um, outside of like uh, the rifle, bipod, ballistics calculator that a brand new shooter really needs. Um, uh, backpack to some type of backpack to, uh, lug a few things around, uh, some water, sunscreen, bug spray. You're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. This is what, like I said, we talked about it on here, but this is one of the, one of the only sports I've ever seen that if I need something, a competitor is going to loan it to me that I could possibly, if everything went right, beat them on that stage or in the competition using their gear. Like no one's going to say, no, you can't use my gear because there's a possibility that you might beat. I've, yep. I've never seen that or heard anybody say that. And I think it's about the only competition that, that I've been in or been a part of to where I've ever seen that. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, down to a rifle. And guys, rifle go down and they don't have a bath. And somebody else is, you know, hauling ass back to their own vehicle, you know, make, making a dollar half mile run to go get somebody else a new, their rifle uh, so somebody else can use it. That's just the way it works here. Yeah. That kind of gets into my next question. Do you, what do you bring to a mat? Do you bring certain stuff? Like I've heard of people bringing whole backup guns or some guys have a backup trigger they carry with them or even a bolt or a firing pin. What do you take as far as do you take any sort of backup gear that you just leave in the truck or leave in your backpack in case something go, does go down some sort of un, unfortunate incident, I would say. <laughs> Um, do you, what do you bring for, for any sort of backup stuff, if at all? Um, I, I've got a backup match rifle. Um, I have, uh, two main match rifles that are uh, identical other than color. Um, everything about them, uh, they, they shoot the, the same load. Um, on occasion, um, I'll have two barrels that, uh, want a 10th or two of, uh, powder difference, but will run 
pretty damn good uh, with, with the other loads. So um, if I can get them that close, I, I want to bring extra ammo, you know, because the, the same ammo work in that rifle. Um, but that, that's something that you definitely don't need to, to start with by any means. Um, uh, first several years didn't have any kind of a backup rifle. But for me, especially when I was running the 243 and going through barrels like crazy, um, that was uh, one way of just having another barrel ready. And now just it depends on which one I pull out of the safe on which one I'm shooting at, at whatever match. Cause it, it's, you know, I'll shoot one at one match and the other one at the, the other match. And like I say, other in color, they are hundred percent identical because I don't, if a gun does go down, I don't want to grab another rifle and okay, it feels different or it has a different reticle in the scope or anything like that and try and get used to it or get my head wrapped around it in the middle of a match. It's, like I say, I, I can't even tell you which one I'm behind. Yeah, nice. Um, let's see. What's the last piece of precision rifle gear that you bought that you're excited about using? Like, it sounds like you've got your stuff dialed in, so it might not might not be anything for you. But what what's the last piece that you're pretty pumped about using or, or have just started using, maybe something new? Um, this year I started running, uh, the, uh, double pull sky pod and, um, man, I, I cannot say enough about that thing. Um, when, when I first got my hands on it, um, um, I, I couldn't believe the adjustability on it. Um, there've been a, a couple matches, um, already that I've been able to do things with it that you just can't do with any other bipod. Um, some of the downhill shots, um, it'll get lower than any other bipod out there. Um, uphill shots, it'll get taller than anything else out there. Uh, rooftop shots from the side, um, you can cant this thing almost 180 degrees. So, um, almost 90 degrees each side. So you don't have to like make one bipod leg longer and then shorten the other one. And, um, yeah, I, I've watched guys. Uh, shoot with them last few years and uh, been wanting one and uh, got my hands on one this year and just absolutely love that thing it, it is it has been a a big advantage on uh, several stages like the 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 downhill with it being able to get so low um, I don't need a, a ton of bag in the back to to support the the back of the rifle so it's just a completely different setup but I really like that bipod I'll have to check that thing out. I've heard of them and I've seen them, but I haven't ever put my hands on one. So I might have to check yours out here one of these weekends, see, see what it's all about. I haven't heard anything bad about them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll throw it on your rifle and you can play around with it. No. Yeah. That's just, that's just what I need. I'll put my hands on it and I'll have to have it. That's the way the sport works. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So any, uh, any shout outs you want to give? We still got we still got a little bit covered. Obviously, you know it, but I got got quite quite the announcement to make. But any any shout outs you want to mention, uh, sponsors, anything you want me anybody you want me to tag on here? Um, well, as for sponsors, um, uh, we already talked about uh, uh, Jake. Um, you know, uh, you need uh, something done gunsmith wise. I I highly recommend him. Um, and so Matt arms, um, you know, my, my TL threes, um, those things just absolutely unbelievable. Been running those for 
five, six years now and just absolutely love those actions. Uh, I've got several of them and just flawless. Uh, bullseye uh, shooting range here in Wichita. A lot, of, a lot of people don't even know that uh, they exist, but um, 100 yard indoor range, you, you can't beat that for checking your zero, no, uh, uh, no wind to worry about or anything like that. Um, picked up uh, uh, MDT as a sponsor this year. Um, they're, they're working with me with uh, the, uh, the chassis and the, the sky pods are made by uh, MDT now. Um, so, uh, but I, have been running their chassis for a while now, and I've, uh, been really, really happy with them. Um, because one of the biggest things with them is just the versatility, um, uh, being able to change the weight around and, uh, the, the length of the forearm, um, uh, trigger tech, burger bullets, Lapua, Vitavore, uh, Twin Peaks, um, uh, Ryan down at Twin Peaks, uh, got a hell of a setup down there. And I think, I think that's all the, uh, the pimping and brands I'm supposed to do. Uh, yeah, there you go. I'll, <laughs> I'll tag them all on here. They'll see it. So then you can share okay. or, or, or do whatever you've got. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely, I mean, they're, they're helping you out. They're helping a lot of people out. All these, all these folks that you mentioned. So definitely give well, them let, the props. Let, let get, I'm sorry. No, I definitely. We're going to give them as much props as we can. Is all the, I mean, every one of those names you end up seeing on a prize table somewhere. It's like you can't say thanks enough because they're supporting everybody. You know, not just you. They're supporting everybody that goes to these matches. Absolutely, you, you'll find all of them on uh, tons and tons of prize tables. And um, we we had talked about uh, you know shooters um, kind of pushing certain brands or whatever if they're sponsored by them. Or, um, and, and I, I get that, but, um, every one of these, you know, th this is all brands that I, I trusted and wanted to be associated with. I was using their equipment long before, um, it's not a, uh, brand ambassador thing that, uh, uh, that they, they've asked me to, to shoot it and I switched from what I was doing or anything like that. I mean, I, I truly love every one of those, um, uh, companies and the equipment that they do and I, I i trust it so yeah so anything that we didn't discuss other than our pay it forward that we're going to get into and in say anything that we didn't discuss that i missed here that you wanted to cover um basically um just for you know, new shooters to, to come out and get involved. Um, I think this podcast, it, you know, being geared toward them, I really, really like that. Um, the, uh, the pro-am this last weekend, they had a ton of uh, amateurs out there first time at, out at matches. Um, that was fantastic. Um, seeing more and more kids, um, involved in the sport. Uh, my son Colt, uh, I think uh, most people are uh, familiar with him. Um, you know, he, he's 15 now, but he's been shooting this for three, four years now, um, at age 15. Um, this is something that, uh, youths can get involved in and, um, really encourage parents to uh, think about bringing their kids out, um, to, uh, empty their wallets and <laughs> get, get, get another shooter in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Colts, he's done his fair share of beating up on me at matches. So, so yeah, he, he definitely a shooter. That's for sure. 
Uh, all right. So you you want to get into the pay it forward? And sure. Yeah. All go right. Ahead. So I'll throw out the details of, and uh, you you fill in and cut me off here if I forget something or if I don't mention something. All right. All right. So Todd and I have been talking talking for a little while trying to get details worked out, and this will be actually my first uh, pay it forward for the year for 2021. So we'll get it started off right. So pay it forward. It's going to be a pay it forward mentorship day, range day with Todd. So the idea is we're going to pick five, five people. And the idea, correct me if I'm wrong, Todd, but the idea is to get newer shooters that it's going to be a range day, uh, 16 May at Twin Peaks. Obviously, if you haven't been to Twin Peaks, it's basically two ranges in one. I'm not sure which side yeah. will end up shooting on the 16th, but it is literally two ranges in one. Ryan Moles runs that thing. Awesome. He's awesome shooter, just a, just a good guy all around. I've had him on as well. Um, so some of the details. 16 May, it's a Sunday, because I think he actually has a match out there on the 15th. Yep. So if yep. somebody wanted to – Wanted to go out and check it out, the KP, KPRC match, the 15th. So if you want to go out and check it beforehand, go check it out on the 15th. Um, 16th, range day with Todd. I'm going to sneak in there. So there'll be five other shooters, and it's basically newer shooters. And it's basically going to be a, a training day, mentorship day. Um, it's not going to be a per se beginner's beginner. So looking for folks, correct me if I'm wrong, looking for folks that have been to a match or a couple matches, have good dope at least. This isn't going to be a come out and we'll, you'll figure out dope and, and get all that stuff. It's basically going to be like a match prep. How do you tackle this stage, that stage? Um, how do you get steady? Um, is that That's what the game plan is, correct me if I'm wrong. That's that's exactly what uh, um, what what I, I would like to do is um, some people has uh, like you said some some good dope, um, but there's so many aspects getting into the sport that um, calculator and it tells you what what put that dial on it. Okay, how do I get the crosshairs stop moving? Um, you know, so want to help some people with that. Um, we'll work on. Uh, some wind reading, uh, some stability uh, on uh, different barricades. Um, and uh, I'm going through my match prep or stage prep and my approach on, uh, on stages and just try and give people um, some different ways of looking at it and get people um, to feel a little bit more at ease. Because I, I know when I was a new shooter, uh, I was just a mess. I was just a, an absolute mess going, going up to a stage. You know, you, you didn't know what you were going to do. You didn't have a game plan. And they said, go. And you got up there and you, you threw 10 rounds into the dirt and you went to the next stage. So um, just having some kind of a, a game plan and um, uh, show, showing some guys how I view a stage and that there's all kinds of different ways of doing it. But um you know, when, when it comes down to it, 90% of the sports between your ears. And if we can line some of that out for some people, you know, ho hopefully it'll uh, give them a little jump into it. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we were talking about. You you'd mentioned it that ninety percent of it is mental. It's just preparation, have a game plan. I, I I'm notorious for it. I all right, I'm going to shoot it in this order or whatever. And I say, oh well, someone else shot it that order. Maybe I'll try that. Well, then I throw myself off. But then I get up there, the bell goes off. I like, oh shoot, should I? I should have stuck with my game plan or or this guy's game plan. So yeah, if we can get into that, and especially like. I'll tell you straight up front, the, the wind reading piece. I, I think that's my biggest downfall right now is my wind reading. So I'm going to be, I'm already going to be making some questions, picking your brain on, on what, what, uh, what questions I got, but so how this thing's going to work is I'm going to post this on, on Facebook page. I'm going to post on Instagram too. Um, if you want to get in on this, if the listener want to get, wants to get in on this, first of all, Make sure you're you're going to be local to the the Twin Peaks, Wichita area. You can get get two Twin Peaks on the 16th. Um, you have good dope. Obviously, you're going to have ammo. So post, I want to go. Some something to that effect that you you want to go, you want in, and then we'll end up choosing choosing five shooters. Um, I plan on letting people know midweek. So you'll have three or four, maybe even five days heads up before the 16th to go. Obviously, I'm going to try and try and let people know on the 10th, 11th, 12th, pick the uh, the winners of the pay it forward and we'll get out there and we'll, we'll do it. Does that, that sound fair, Todd? That sounds great. Yeah. Ha- however you want to pick them, I, I'm good with. Um, I, I think uh, everybody should expect um or should come prepared with about a hundred rounds and uh, whatever gear it is that they have. Um, uh, I don't know if we'll get through a hundred rounds, but bring it to be safe. Um, and yeah, it, it'll be, be a good time. So yeah, this, this is going to be a real good time. This, this is uh, the first one, like I said, first pay it forward uh, for the, this season. And I think it's going to be going to be one of the best Todd. I, I appreciate you getting in on this with me. You've already talked to Ryan. You've got to go ahead to go to Ryan's. Ryan's is a Twin Peaks is a private range. Todd's already worked his magic, worked it out with Ryan. I appreciate that. And and got us to go ahead for the 16th. So this is going to be a good time. Like I said, post up on Instagram or on Facebook when I post this up that you want in. Make sure you're local. You can make it so we aren't, you know, you know people aren't taking a, taking a spot from somebody if you've already got something planned on the 16th. Maybe later, if this goes well, we can get another one down the road, Todd, and we can get some other folks in on it. Um, sure. But I don't, I don't think we're going to have a, a hard time getting folks out to it. I just don't want people throwing their name in the hat and then then they, then they can't make it. So please, if you throw your name in the hat, make sure that you've got the 16th free, barring any emergencies or anything like that, obviously. But um, we're going to shoot basically no matter what the weather is, unless it's just super crazy or dangerous or something like that. But we're gonna, he's got a he's actually got a covered spot to where even if it's raining or whatever we can shoot under the under cover yep so but absolutely but i mean yeah, even it, if you go ahead to me it was, it was the perfect place to do it and uh uh you know ryan he, he's got like you said basically two ranges out there and uh, uh he was on board with this i mean it, it'll be a good time it's a great yeah. place yeah so if you're a fair weather shooter then don't even throw your name it was just some of these matches you're going to go to and you aren't going to know what the weather is. There could be sprinkling or, or windy, super windy or whatever. We're still going to shoot it. So it's just, it's going to play just like a match 
to where you don't know where, quite what the wind's going to be or weather's going to be at all. So um, pretty per- pretty pumped about this one, Todd. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll get some folks out there and have a good time with this mentorship range day, pay it forward deal. I'm not sure exactly what to call it yet. Be <laughs> Todd's, Todd's mentorship day. <laughs> so uh, I really appreciate it. Anything I missed on here? I don't think so. I think you got her covered. All right, Todd. Thanks a lot, especially th- for, for throwing this out there. And, and we kind of bounced ideas off each other. I, I really appreciate you offering this up. Um, appreciate the info. And, uh, yeah, we'll shoot uh, next weekend together. We're shooting the Okie Showdown. I can't wait for that. And it's going to be back to back to back. We'll shoot that, go out and do this. And I think you're going to New Mexico match as well. Uh, haven't decided yet. No, haven't decided yet. I've got, uh, next few weekends, uh, pretty full at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a busy May. I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't say thanks enough. Todd, if we don't have anything else, then I'll let you off here. That's it. Thank you, sir. Uh, Appreciate uh, it. All right. Thanks, Todd. Uh-huh.